Christians remain the most persecuted religious group on the planet. Canadians should pause and think about those around the world who would like to celebrate Christmas this year, but cannot. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning into The Candice Malcolm Show. I hope everyone is having a wonderful break. I hope that you are getting together, able to gather with your loved ones this Christmas. I know for so many Canadians, they couldn't do it last year. We couldn't travel, we had heavy-handed uh, measures in place where many of us couldn't go to church, we couldn't pray, and uh, we couldn't have loved ones over to our house. We, we were stuck in the in the bubble situation, so you could only be, be gathering with people in your bubble according to government edicts in various jurisdictions around the country. And I think that gave us a little bit of a taste of, of what it might be like to be a Christian in other parts of the world. You know, we take our freedom of religion so much for granted um, that, that sometimes it's even hard to wrap our heads around the idea that, that so many Christians around the world cannot celebrate Christmas. They can't. And we, we often hear about persecuted religious groups. And I don't know that people always connect the, the fact that, that many, if not most, of the world's persecuted religious people are in fact Christians. So I, I want to get into that a little bit on the show today. I have a wonderful guest uh, joining me. My guest today is Majid Al Shafi. Majid is a human rights advocate and the president and founder of One Free World International. Majid's human rights journey, his own human rights journey, began in Egypt when he was forced to flee after being tortured and sentenced to death for his conversion to Christianity. He eventually made it to Canada and has since decided to devote his life to helping others. He uses his first-hand experience as a survivor of religious persecution to help others. One, one Free World International, his organization, is one of the leading organizations advocating for religious freedoms and minorities around the world. They have 28 branches in countries all over. They've helped individuals in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq, Israel, Cuba, India, and Bangladesh, to name a few. So, Majid, it's, it's such an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, so can you tell us a little bit more about your organization and what specifically you do? One Free World International is a human rights organization focusing on the freedom of religion around the world. We have branches in more than 28 different countries. We're the lead organization in Canada uh, when we're dealing with the freedom of religion issues. Uh, uh, basically, our organization fighting in the front lines, focusing in four different parts which is, uh, or four different missions, which is basically risking missions uh, to get the persecuted Christians out of, of, of the critical situation, uh, humanitarian aid and advocating on their behalf and helping them resettling upon their arrival to Canada or North America in general. Uh, just to understand and for everybody to understand, there is one persecuted Christian every three minutes worldwide. Just last year, over 165,000 Christians were killed for their faith. More than 200 to 300 million persecuted Christians worldwide. They don't make it to the news, to the mainstream news, and you don't hear their stories, sadly. Uh, uh, we would like to focus on other minorities, but not Christians for some reasons. Uh, that's, that's our media. In One Free World International, we care about every minority. We care about every human being that's facing persecutions, not just Christians, but everybody. Uh, the, the, the situation, One Free World International was, was created and exists because I used to be one of them. Uh, I, I was Muslim converted to Christianity back home in Egypt. Uh, I was arrested severely. I created human rights organization there. I was arrested. I was tortured severely. 
I was tortured for seven days in the Egyptian prison. They hanged me upside down. They uh, they took my nails off. They they cut me with a knife in the back of my shoulders. I put salt and lemon in the open wound. They crucified me. They released three dogs that they didn't attack me because God was with me. I saw God in the midst of persecution. And I know that God exists. And as he dies for us, we will live and will die for him. So one free word attention did not exist because this is my job. It exists because that's my calling upon my life. So when I found it, one free word at a chance to fight for others that used to be in the same position like myself. Wow, that's such an incredible story, Majid. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So can you can you walk us through the state of Christians, specifically in, in the region that you came from in the Middle East? Because when, when, when I think back to countries like Egypt, you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, uh, they, they were a place of, of different groups living side by side. I know there was once a sizable Christian population in Egypt. There was once a sizable Jewish population as well. So, so what, what has happened um, to, to Christians and other religious minorities in Egypt and the broader Middle East and why? Well, in reality that there was, the majority of Egypt was Christians actually. In the seventh century, when a Muslim leader by the name of Umar ibn al-As, he entered Egypt and he forced most of the Christians to convert to Islam. Uh, and there was around 30 million Christians at the time. You know what I mean? Now we are less, we are maybe 10% of the population of Egypt. Uh, so this is something that happens all around the Middle East where the Muslim extremism like to take over and, and basically punish the minorities and force them to convert to Islam or killing them or punishing them in another ways to force them out. Um, we saw this in, 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 in Iraq, we saw this in, in Egypt, we saw this in, in Iran, we saw this in many countries around the world that they are uh, based Muslim countries. And today we see this happening in Afghanistan. Uh, uh, today we see Taliban took over and the first thing the Taliban is doing is basically hunting down the Christians, hunting down the, the Hazaras, hunting down the women and children, especially women that want to receive education. We see them hunting down the minorities. Uh, but Christians really is the canary in the coal mine. Uh, the minute that you see persecution happening to the Christians is immediately mean that every other minority will be persecuted as well immediately. And especially as well, the minority, uh, female minorities, the right will be taken away immediately as well. Uh, so we see this happening in Afghanistan and one free world international preparing a mission in a matter of few days to go there in the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan in an order to help with the refugees and to help with the prescued Christians to get out of Afghanistan if, if this is a necessary. Wow, that's that's incredible. I know Afghanistan was all over the news earlier this year and the sad story of the Taliban taking over. I want to I want to ask you, though, with all of this persecution happening, with all of this, this horrible treatment of Christians, you mentioned that it doesn't really make the, the, the legacy media. When we in Canada hear about uh, refugees, we're often hearing about Muslim refugees that are being forced out of Muslim majority countries, uh, but we don't often hear about the, the treatment of Christians. So I just wonder why is it that the Canadian government and uh, the legacy media in Canada and the U.S. and, 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 and throughout the throughout Europe and the West, why, why don't they focus on the plight of Christian people in this region? I think it's a white guilt. I don't know if this is a politically correct statement to make, but I'm not really politically correct. I believe is a white guilt. So basically, uh, uh, the West and Canada and the United States and so on, 
uh, they are countries that build on a Christian and Jewish values, uh, uh, according to our Bible. And I, I don't understand why Christians is not something like when our Canadian government is speaking about minorities in Afghanistan, they never mention the Christians. Uh, and I think it's really quite rubbish politically correctness that in our Canadian society. And the politically correctness, just to make it clear, is not just in Canada, it's in the United States, it's in England, it's in, in most of Europe and Australia and so on. I think it's a cancer in our Western society. We have to speak the truth. We have to be proud of who we are. Uh, we have to understand that, you know, there is no race can be blamed for every crime on earth. You know, we, we have to move forward and politically correctness is the very uh, cancer that will destroy our Canadian fabric and our Western fabric. And I think we just need to get out of that and face the truth and speak the truth. I, I really appreciate that. I, I love Canada and I wish that more of our political leaders uh, would be patriotic and, and proud of Canada. Yes, we have uh, errors in the past, we've made horrible mistakes, there's been bad policies and bad leaders, uh, but fundamentally, we're doing something right and, and just the very fact that people are still coming from all over the world to come to Canada, they're fleeing persecution to find safety in Canada, that, 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 that's, a, that's a sign, a, a good sign. So I, I wanted to ask you as well because I remember when um, ISIS was sort of uh, ravaging um, Syria and Iraq and they were committing genocide against the Yazidis um, in the Sinjar mountain region and your, your group played a leading role, a pivotal role, in helping those Yazidi, specifically Yazidi women who were, who were the, the victim of um, slavery. Um, you helped them escape a tremendous, tremendous story, helped them resettle in Canada. I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about uh, how you helped the Yazidis and, 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 and what you did for, for those women. Well, when ISIS entered uh, in Yazidi territories and Singer Mountain and so on, and, and all of these areas, uh, they was they kidnapped more than seven thousand girls. They raped them. They used them as a sex slaves. Uh, it, it was the most horrible crime that we witness in in our modern history. Uh, uh, falling in front of our eyes on the TV and the social media, uh, and it was a horrible genocide. And uh, uh, our our organization was on the ground immediately. We was able to rescue more than 600 girls. We was able to help resettling much more families here, advocating on their behalf with the Canadian government. The Canadian government, that the Liberal government that refused to recognize this as a, as a genocide three times in our Canadian parliament before the UN recognized it as a genocide is the most horrible thing. And here the Canadian government receiving more than 40,000 Syrian refugees and only 900 Yazidis. I mean, it's just, is based on politically correct, purely politically correctness and 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 voting system. You know, uh, the Yazidis is a small little group, so nobody cares about their voting voices. But you know, when we are dealing with the forty thousand Syrians, you know, you are you are satisfying the Muslim community per se, or you are getting them to uh, to vote for you once they are the the three years mark and so on. I, I, I think we have really to focus on the most vulnerable minorities and to bring them here. You know, we're talking about, you know, Yazidis, Christians, uh, Baha'is, Ahmadiyyas, uh, Uyghurs, Falun Gong, uh, Tibetans. We are talking about many minorities that deserve to be here, to be rescued. And Canada is the land of the free, is the land of 
and the refugee and the temple of human rights. And I, I, I really encourage our government to do more for the minorities instead of being politically correct. Isn't it funny, Majid, Justin Trudeau is more than happy to say that Canada commits genocide. Uh, he, he, he even said that Canada is currently committing genocide against uh, First Nations peoples. And yet, when there's uh, overwhelming evidence of a genocide happening uh, committed by ISIS, uh, one of the most despicable organizations we've ever seen, uh, for, for some reason, to your point, he, he, there was three votes and, and, and they said no three times. What, what, I, I know you, you sort of alluded to the idea of voting blocks and um, you know trying to appease a, a, a broader uh, population of, of Arab Muslims. But I mean, can, 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 you, can you help us understand why the Canadian government, the federal government, Justin Trudeau, the, you know, the feminist, um, the, the, the person who's supposed to be the champion of refugees, why, why he wouldn't recognize um, these awful crimes as, as being what they were, which was genocide? I think Justin Trudeau is the only one can answer this question. Uh, but from my understanding and from what I've been reviewing and just my humble opinion anyway, I think if he did, he will upset maybe some uh, some sectors in, in, in the Muslim religion or from the Muslim community, because ISIS, of course, is standing for the Islamic State. And we understand that that this is maybe would not be politically correct. Maybe there is the international obligation for Canada to do more. So he was worried about that. Maybe he was worried to upset few uh, uh, of the Muslim countries as well. I cannot really understand our prime minister per se. Uh, I, the Bible said, pray for our prime minister, pray for our government. And we, I do this daily. I pray for Justin Trudeau daily. I pray that he will resign, quite honestly. Just, you know, that's my prayer. The, the Canadian government, we, we have to understand something. The Canadian government have to listen to Canadians. And we become the silent minority, sorry, the silent majority. Uh, the Canadian government have to understand, and any government, I don't care if you are liberal or conservative or, or green or NDP or whatever you are, listen to your people. You know, don't worry about politically correctness right now. This is how the beginning of a disaster of taking away our rights. We see what's happening in Brexit. We see what's happened in, 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 when Donald Trump won the election in the White House. It was the, 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 the silence majority, you know. And many people will blame the right, the extreme right wing for, for, for stuff like this. I tell them, no, blame the, the left, that they just keep choking us and choking us and not listening to our voices, that now we become the majority that become forced to be silenced. And, and, and I advise everybody, listen to us. There is no left and right. We are all Canadians. We are all in the same boat. Listen to our voice and see the, the true pain of the people. And then you will really become the champion of the people. Well, amen to that, Majid. Uh, a final question for you. So, so you, you come from Egypt. Uh, I'm not sure how long you've been in Canada for, but I'm wondering, you know, it's Christmas and so many Christians around the world have slightly different traditions and, and, and things that they do to celebrate. So I'm, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about uh, you, your family, your community. What, what specifically do you do to celebrate Christmas? Well, Christmas is the most sensitive time of the year for the prescribed Christians, and many people doesn't know that. But the attacks on Christians actually increases tremendously during Christmas time. So think about that while you are going around the tree, Christmas trees and gifts under the trees and Santa Claus. And I pray and I bless everyone enjoying Christmas with your family. Please enjoy it. It's a precious, precious, precious time. But from 
December 24 until January 7, which is the, the Orthodox Christmas, you know, this is the period that Christians been attacked severely. And just last year, I think 26 countries, uh, Christians was attacked during Christmas ceremonies in 26 countries, especially Nigeria, Egypt, North Korea, uh, 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 Iran, in uh, many, many countries. It's a long list of countries uh, that been attacked, Sudan. So we are expecting attacks during this time. So the majority of time during Christmas, and New Year and all the way to January 7, we really, our organizations are just focusing on monitoring the situation around the world and presenting as much help as possible as we can. Okay, well, I said that was the last question, but I did have one final, final question, Majid. For our viewers, for people watching who, who, who really feel concerned, deep levels of concern and, and wanna help, what, 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 can, what can we do to help support the work you do and help support your organization? Well, basically, the first thing I will ask is a prayer. And, and I know that everybody say that, and some people mean it, some people they don't. Prayer really make a difference, more than you can ever imagine. I saw miracles happens because prayers. And people, when they pray, God listen, really listen, and, and he sees our heart. The second thing, just go on our website, onefreeworldinternational.org or ofwi.org. Uh, just go on our website, uh, you found donation uh, uh, section, give to the organization. This is Christmas season, and I'm not shy or ashamed to say it. Give, and instead of buying silly gifts uh, and just throwing it in the garbage later on, give the gift of life. Give, give, the, give to the people so we can be able to help them, uh, to rescue them, and be able to make a difference. Don't wait for a miracle, be one. Thank you. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Majid. It's, it's an honor to have you on. Um, I, I hope that I, I encourage listeners to go and, and, and find that website, One World International. We'll, we'll provide a link and uh, give what you can. Majid, Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thank you for all the work that you do. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. God bless you all. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show.